Hey guys, before we begin, Jeff lost power during this episode, but he regained it at the end, so I recorded a little amendment section after I begin to sign off in the episode. So don't turn the episode off when I start signing off because there's going to be a little part where Jeff comes in and gives his picks for the upcoming fight night. So stay tuned for that and back to the regular scheduled program. Uppercut Podcast, we're back. We're going to review some of the upcoming fights. A lot of shit's been announced the past couple weeks, boys, and it was kind of a boring weekend without the UFC, I got to say. Yeah. Even though we're ha- we're having, uh, I don't know, it might be exciting, but dude, for name value, a pretty fucking stinker card to be at 1 a.m. Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe this card was supposed to be in Seoul. I don't know if it is actually. Yeah. I think it's at the Apex now, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. So tough to what was the... Uh, time dilemma because uh, it was supposed to be in south korea and it's got a lot of south korean fighters so oh, it's supposed okay, gotcha. to appeal to south korean fans in their time zone yeah huh. uh, that's actually pretty fair i, I can get with that <laughs> to be fair though it'll probably be a fucking sunday night review card or a sunday day review card for me i don't think there's any shot in hell i'm staying up for the whole thing oh i'm i'm planning on sitting on my couch with a nice little bottle of Jaeger and I'm just going to, I'm just going to get, get through it. You know, um, it's supposed to be negative six up here in New Hampshire on Saturday, Friday into Saturday. Oh my days, bro. So, uh, me and the boys are locking ourselves in and we're just going to warm up together as roommates and watch the card. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. Dude, the whole thing. I'm through the whole thing. Yeah. It's your fucking sleeping bags and your fucking yingies. Oh my days. (laughs) Yeah, dude, we're gonna fucking hopefully our our windows don't freeze and shatter, but <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I'm very excited for that fight or that this fight night coming up. All right, well, let's dive into these announcements and then we're gonna take a break about halfway through, and Max is gonna dive into the card coming up yeah. this weekend. So, first big announcement, boys: Conor McGregor's back in the UFC mix, making a second appearance at Tough, coaching for the upcoming season. From what I understand, it's between Chandler and Ferguson. Is there any preference you guys have? Uh, I mean, give me Chandler. I don't know. Either one's going to be a fucking real exciting fight. And the back and forth might be even better. Dude, I've been see- all I know is I've been seeing highlights of fucking McGregor last time he was on Tough. And even though he was a fucking god-awful coach, that shit was hilarious, dude. Look at the little snake dude, in the grass. Favor. <laughs> dude, Look the, the little snake him. in the grass. <laughs> it looks like a retired skater. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was dude. Great I'm curious games. if this is gonna like bring tough back like into the mainstream because it's been pretty. Besides like the whole battle and Trayshawn Gore thing, it's been pretty fucking whack as of late. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um I completely agree. I think that's why they have McGregor coming back just to get some eyes back on to um, tough. But I agree with Jeff. I want Michael Chandler. I think Michael Chandler would be the better yeah. like talker. And I think and it would dude, I was so pissed off. I had a, I had another fucking real fucking blinker of an idea, dude. Let's I mean, hear it. dude, I thought, dude, well, wait, can was... I guess it real quick? Yeah. Is it Nate? Nah. Cause that's what I was thinking. Go ahead. No, Jeff. no, 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 no. This is, Dude, I had a fucking when Logan Paul was oh, he's no. in the announcement oh, with no. the UFC. I was like, oh man, he's about to come in fucking tough, isn't he? 
He's about to uh, be one of the fighters like they had Kimbo Slice, and then it's fucking Prime. Apparently that shit's ass too. Prime that is fine. Really have you guys drank Prime? Shit. Have you uh-huh. ever drank? I no. had the blue raspberry one. It was fucking disgusting. It tasted. Yeah, I like, heard it was garbage. It was gross as fuck. I had it and it tasted like um, <laughs> like the blue Gatorade with a hella salt in it. It was fucking Dude, gross. Dana, Dana has not been having a fucking great string lately, dude. No. Dude, no. what's weird? This whole is, uh... prime announcement is terrible. And and they're switching the corners from the red corner to like the prime hydration corner, dude, the blue prime yeah. hydration corner. I'd rather blue. watch a fucking Aljamain Sterling fucking P3 commercial eighty <laughs> fucking times than fucking see any of this prime bullshit on fucking UFC. Dude, you yeah. know what's weird about Prime too? So like the big mall around us, Max Christiana Mall. Dude, the only place I've seen it in is like a, you know, they have like there's fucking anime based stores where they yeah, that, sell like cheap knickknacks and shit. Same exact thing as in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, it's like front and center. Like you can see it through the glass all yeah. the hallways. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's about. I don't know what that's about either. They have it when I when I was living in Knoxville, they had it like in the grocery store and I picked that shit up because I was really hung over and I was like, you know what? I heard this shit is going to fix that or whatever and i drank it i i if it's supposed to make you throw up so that way you feel less hung over that would make more sense is there anyone that you two would like to see outside of chandler and ferguson uh, i i don't think connor could those are like two guys that are beatable for connor right now i, I don't i don't think nate i mean nate would be fucking hilarious but oh jorge Oh, I yeah. thought that too. I was thinking yeah. Jorge yeah. too. Dude, I knew I was fucking missing one. Yeah, definitely fucking Jorge. But dude, Jorge's been talking that shit too. I think he might might fucking get uh Connor to like bite on the fucking bait and Maybe. take it. I actually think I'd like Jorge a lot better than Chandler for the shit talk aspect. I mean, Chandler gave that awesome fucking call out where he was screaming, but I don't know about his shit talk like normal tone. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, very uh, fair. Let's dive into some of these fights. So one of the first, one of the bigger ones announced, which I'm kind of surprised Piotr's coming back already, is Piotr Jan taking on Murad Duvalishvili. One thing I was curious about, if Jan loses, how far out of the contender race do you guys think he is? I don't know. That's a really good question. I, I was trying to think about it, and I don't know. It, I think – I, I just can't really figure it out, to be honest with you. I think if he does lose and Barab, you know, just kind of does that boring clinch against the fence thing, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off because <laughs> that, I just don't want to watch that. It's just such a shit way of, like, getting easy points. I hate that. And I know everyone's argument is just like, well, beat it then. But, I mean, if that's how we lose a fighter like Piotr Jan um, to a different promotion because he gets clinched against the fence and then loses another decision... I'll be really upset. Um, I I can't really put into words what I think is going to happen, but I think if we we have to wait and see, there are some fights beforehand. Um, you know that like I I think we have to wait to see what how those fights kind of end up before we can see whether or not Jan is out of the uh, contention. You know, if he loses, Jeff, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Do we put it like if Aljamain's still champion, can we say Jan definitely not getting a title shot again? I, I would 
think yes. And I can't. I mean, I, I don't know. He's in a shitty predicament right now. I know yeah, because I mean, no matter what, he was winning that first fight till the mm-hmm. fucking illegal knee, but he didn't win it. So I I don't know how that really weighs against him in his like campaign against the champion. If it's Aljamain, and then if it's not Aljamain, it'll probably be Marab. So if he loses here, he'll probably be RA 1-0 to the fucking future champion. It's not looking good. Yeah, I don't want to think this is like the last we'll see of Jan. I'm, I'm sure he'll hang around, but I mean, Max, you brought up a good point. He could go to another promotion. Who knows? He already publicly yeah. announced he thinks the UFC does not have his back. I would agree. And- Say Marab, like you said, puts on a not super exciting decision win. And if it's a split again, ugh, he might walk. Uh, he probably will. He almost walked after that uh, Sugar Sean decision. I can't imagine he's very happy to be fighting against Marab. I mean, it had to be Marab because that's the only guy in that division that's kind of without a fight and is, you know, worth Piotr's time. Um, I just can't imagine he's extremely happy with the UFC right now. I'm, I'm He's very eligible to walk right now. Yeah, and my other knee-jerk reaction to this, too, was did do you guys think this gives any inclination that Aljo might possibly move up and wait, that Marab's fighting the number two guy, or do you think Marab's just fighting just to fight and stay active? No, I think Aljo's definitely going to move up and wait very soon. I mean, yeah, I can definitely say it's probably going to be this year. Yeah, because this is all that's been holding Marab back. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, no, it has been. being the champ. Yeah, so I can see if he wins, if he wins against Cejudo, definitely what you call it. That should up. be enough title defenses, I should say, to go up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he. Ha- um, I mean, like, what else is he gonna do? He's just gonna sit down there and defend his title until he. Yeah, and also it. if Volk's back, if Volk. Ah, see, kind of, it's gonna be a while. It's too early to the answer like any of, of those questions, unfortunately, just because of the way that the division is. Yeah. But like, and yeah, in like yeah. two weeks, two or three weeks, we'll have like a a better understanding of what's gonna happen. Yeah, because we sure. literally have the fucking division above him that he would be trying to go through already yeah. in a fucking double champ trying to. Yeah, it's all fucking. It's all over the place. But we will be figuring it out soon. That's one and of the I things I'm like looking forward to. Marab's fighting style. I don't, I feel like they'll stall the the shot title shot as to as long as possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, just like they did with Ankalaev. I think there's the type of guys they don't want to hold the belt by any yeah. means. Because they're so boring, means. and then it's going to be hard to get the belt off of them, and it's just not going to be something that sells pay per views. Yeah, so let's roll into the second piece of this puzzle is going to be Corey Sanhagen taking on Cheeto Vera. Is this the solidified number one contender fight to you guys? Or is Sugar already ahead of both of these guys? Like, let's say Cheeto wins. He did beat Sean. Is he the number one contender? Is Sugar? Or or does the winner of this fight before a title shot? I think that the winner of this should be the number one contender because... Sandhagen and uh, Cheeto both have better resumes right now than Sugar Sean in terms of wins, uh, like who they've won against rather and who they fought against. I know Sugar Sean t- 
technically he says he's hasn't lost yet. He does have that one loss, but to me, I mean, he's just he's fought some real cans, and then he barely got that got that win over Piotr, which I I thought he. I mean, I I could see how it was both ways, but I don't know if he's put on convincing enough of a performance to be the number one contender right now. I would like to see um, him fight Cheeto or Sanhagen again before he becomes the number one contender. Um, I think he's like one fight away from that title fight. But the paper, the UFC is going to do what makes them the most money, and I think the most money is with um, Sugar Sean, in my opinion. But that's probably what it is. So as myself, I want to see um sugar sean fight one more time before he gets that title shot and i think that the winner of cheeto sandhagen is the number one um contender because like if you if you remember sandhagen got sent all the way back down after his loss and he's kind of climbed yeah. his way all the way back up so i mean he deserves it just as much as anyone and then cheeto has just been putting in really solid performances so i mean i don't know the, both those guys have a larger resume of work but i don't really know how they do this because it's all over the place so what do you think mike Man, another thing that's sticking out to me about this is just the fact that Aljo keeps hitting. After every win, you hear well, you hear about it, and then he kind of hints at it that he's like comfortable taking his time getting back, and his weight cuts don't seem to go over the best. I'm just wondering if this is 110% going to be the winner of this is going to have to fight Sean first, just just based on pure time before even matchmaking. Yeah, that could be it too. Um, it's. Like I said, it, it's hard to answer these, this weight classes questions just because like <laughs> it's all over the place. It really is. Um, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. It's all so much up in the air. But I think after the Cheeto Sandhagen fight, we'll have a lot more of a, or we'll just have a better understanding, obviously, of where the division's going to go. So, I mean, I know that's a cop out answer, but that's really the best I got because it's just all over the place right now. And you never know what Dana. You never know what he's going to do. Fuck no. After the no, I don't schedule fights on Saturdays, <laughs> schedules yeah. a title fight, Ridiculous. a headliner of a fucking pay-per-view. Yeah. So who did you have as the winner of this? So Sandhagen I, and Cheeto. I have Sandhagen. I think that um, Cheeto is really, really good, obviously. But, I mean, obviously we know how he fights. He sort of downloads information and then waits to those championship rounds to pick you apart. But if you remember, he was losing that Dominic Cruz fight until that one head kick broke Dom's face and then knocked him out. To me, I think Sandhagen is is a whole new monster. Um, there's that good, great documentary about him uh, out there. Um, I, I think it's by Napoleon Blown Apart Day, but I could be fucking wrong about that. But anyway, try <laughs> Napoleon that. Napoleon Blown Apart? Yeah, I've check, never heard of him. He's a, he's a great uh, MMA YouTuber. You should definitely check out. He makes like a bunch of uh, documentaries and stuff. I 100% check, recommend checking him out. Um, whoever it's by, shout out to them. But anyways, I watched that documentary. Kind of just talked about his change in mindset after his loss. He got knocked out, and he saw. I forget who knocked him out, but was it Aljo? Yeah, he talked yeah. about that. And uh, have you ever seen him on his on uh, Theo Vaughn's Theo Vaughn. podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was That's saying, a good one. Yeah, and he's saying like, I just saw him running around, um, you know, dancing. I never want to let that happen again. And he came in with this killer instinct now, where he's just a whole new fighter. Um, and he reads books about war. This whole documentary is about how he looks to kill his opponents now instead of like beat them. But anyways, oh, yeah, he's super into Sun Tzu. Yes, yes, he is. Um, but anyways, just looking at them stylistically, uh, Sandhagen is he has more um dynamic and a wider v- variety of strikes in his arsenal that he can use. 
Cheeto's like really solid with those jabs. He has a nice kick, but Sandhagen is really good at striking and he has tremendous takedown defense. I think you're going to see him kind of coast to a decision. Um, he's, it's not going to be an easy fight by any means, but I can really see him, you know, using his brain, playing chess, and just, you know, kind of riding it out and getting that decision win. I know he's going to go for a knockout as well, but he's really smart, and I just see him sort of outsmarting Cheeto, who's also an extremely smart fighter. But to me, I think this is Sandhagen's time, and he's just got that mentality of a champion, and I, I really do think that he. I'm going to give the edge to him. What do you think? Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think no doubt Sandhagen will come in as a dog, and I'm definitely laying some yeah. cash on him. I like Sandhagen way better. One thing that really has been standing out to me with Sandhagen, especially in his recent fights, he pours it on so early. Yeah. he, he The first three, he pours it on. I mean, he had Song Yadong fucked up. Yeah. Like, fucked up might be an understatement. I mean, it was a doctor stoppage in the fourth going into the fifth, but even before that, he was just getting fucking laced. Yeah. Song looked like he was completely outclassed, and Song hadn't looked like that before this, I don't think. No. Not, not to that extent. No, I completely agree. And it's funny that you mentioned that because it's the complete opposite, as we mentioned, of Cheeto, who takes the first three off and then just downloads information and then kind of waits to get that one, you know, winning shot in the fourth and fifth rounds. So right. I, this fight is so interesting to me. Yeah, Cheeto's going to have to like change his mentality a little bit and try to pour it on early, too. I just think by round four, he's going to be so far out of it, it's going to get a little ugly. Yeah. And that's where it gets scary because Sandhagen just has to make sure not to bite. You know, he's going to throw like Cheeto's going to throw these shots and Sanhagen's going to look to counter. And that's where Cheeto gets you is countering the counter. Right. Or like just throwing, yeah. throwing these like fading shots that are, are like, I, I guess I call them like ghost shots. You know, like they're they don't there's nothing behind them. But then, you know, che Sanhagen, hopefully what's going to happen if you're che a Cheeto fan is hopefully Sanhagen bites and then he just gets popped. But I'm hoping that that does not happen. And I, I do think um Sandhagen has enough tools in his arsenal to get it done for sure. Um, yeah, I think this yeah. is an absolute chess match for sure. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back uh, and do the rest of the questions. All right, we're back. Right. Uh, sorry for that break. Jeff lost power, so we're gonna be going. We're gonna be riding through without Jefferson here, unfortunately. But we'll continue on. Mike, what was the next question you had? So, February 11th, the UFC 284, which is next weekend, we have a featherweight interim championship bout between Josh Emmett and Yaya Rodriguez. But turn right right back around in April, we have a fight night headliner between Holloway and Arnold Allen. If Allen wins, as crazy as this might sound, do you think this makes him a more suited number one contender than what would be an interim champion of either Emmett or Rodriguez? Like, so who would be more suited? The win, the interim champion, the winner out of Emmett or Rodriguez or Allen, basically to fight Volt. Um, hmm. I think the like, interim champion, right? I would say that's what I think on paper, but like in my head, I'm like, is an interim win for Yair Rodriguez over Josh Emmett? Is that mean more than a win over Max Holloway? I just don't fucking I, know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. I mean, no yeah. matter what, the interim champ will fight Volk. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, because then if you're looking at that logic, in terms of the winner of whoever beats Max Holloway goes, then if Max Holloway wins, which could happen, does he go and fight Volk again? Because I don't want to see that again. So I know that's that's the other side of it. So it's I think like, it has I... to be the interim champion that wins. 
Yeah, it's almost like in my head, if Max wins, he's got to fight the interim champ. Yeah. Which or, I don't know. It's gonna. Yeah, that one's a weird one. That one's kind of weird. I think it's the interim. The winner of the interim championship goes and fights Volk. The loser, uh, probably fucking fights. I don't know. Uh, so let's say. All right, so let's do it this way. So say Josh Emmett loses. I would see Ra- Yair Rodriguez versus Volk, and then Josh Emmett versus Arnold Allen or Max Holloway, the winner of that, maybe, right? Oh, okay. So loser fight the winner of Holloway Allen. Yeah. Yeah, that could work because I don't think Holloway's fought Emmett either. So that could yeah. be, I mean, that'd be, be an a interesting fresh matchup. Fight. Yeah, and that would be kind of an interesting fight too. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think no matter what, Yair's going to win and then fucking fight Volk. I don't think Emmett's beating Yair anyways. Yeah. But it was just something to bring up. I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about because it's weird because Holloway almost in my head is like Whitaker. He almost means more yes. than interim championship. Yeah, it's really it's strange. Like, yeah, he's like number one. Well, I don't know. It's like basically if Volk wasn't there, then I feel like Holloway would be. He's just he's better than I, in my opinion. Holloway's better than everyone in that division except for Volk, and that's why he's just where he is at. But right, so I guess yeah, it'd be the same thing as asking like does does Whitaker mean more than a middleweight interim championship? Yeah. I don't know. It depends which way you twist it, I guess. Yeah, so it's confusing. But yeah, all right, what's the next one? So we got Kamara Usman taking on Leon Edwards. Second fight. It's going to be in the O2 Arena. It's, uh, we saw one of the most dominant reigns in the UFC probably ever come to an yeah. end this past year in the most emphatic fashion that it ever could have. I, w- I, rewatched question- it. I rewatched it this week with my roommate, and I still got goosebumps. Dude, it's even worth watching. It's almost worth rewatching all five. Oh yeah, I, I did. Rewatch, I watched. I re- no, no, I'm saying I rewatched the entire fight. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and like most of the time, you can't say that. You kind of just want to watch when it ends. But that was one where you need like the build up. That's what I was trying to explain it to my roommate. What happened? And I was like, we just have to watch all five for me to truly explain it to you. And then what? I, rewatching it, I didn't realize Leon. The round one, I remember he got a takedown, so I was like, oh, yeah, so he won that round. I didn't realize Leon was actually not as broken. until It was the the championship rounds where he really was broken, but the rounds one and two and three, he landed some pretty nice shots. Three was a pretty rough round for him, but round one and two for sure. Oh, I agree. The end of three, into four, into five were, yeah. were rough. That's yeah. where it really got away from him. So my question about this one, is if Usman loses, being with his injuries and his age, is this going to be the last title fight we see him? Like, will do you think he'll make a transition to? I know he's been mentioned in the boxing and a couple other things when it seemed like he'd never lose. Do you think this is it for him if he loses this one? Um, I don't think so. He's so good. I mean, I can't imagine. Then at what he if he loses again, he's only at three losses. Uh, we've seen guys yeah, that's it come back. Um, so I I I never want to be the one that's like, oh yeah, he's done. So I I definitely think he'll be back, um, if he does lose, and then, yeah I, I don't know I definitely think he'll be back if he does end up losing. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if he loses though if he's going to be back in title contention or he's going to start doing like super fights, like he's oh, just going to start fighting people for like, I mean I guess you could just say a payday in views. Like I wonder if that's where he could. He seems like a cause... really like a like he looks for record breaking things i would see him fighting for titles again i think i agree and after watching this jerry rogan i definitely agree with that more he doesn't seem yeah. to really care about popularity and shit mm-hmm. but uh my second part of this was who should leon fight next following a potential win in my head it was probably 
if Masvidal beats Gilbert, I guess Masvidal. And honestly, if Gilbert wins, I'd like to see Gilbert get a fucking shot. I would love to as well, because what I want to see this year, more than anything, is Shavkat Rachmanov versus Hamzat Chemaev. More than anything, I want to see that. I went back. I told you guys in the chain that I realized that basically every single UFC fight is on ESPN Plus On Demand. And I went back and I watched every single one of Shavkat Rachmanov's UFC fights. Holy fucking shit, do I love him. He's one of my favorite fighters right now. And I would love to watch him against my other one of my favorite fighters, Hamza Chimaev. Um, I, I would prefer that be a title fight. But to me, I also really like Leon. So I would like the way that you're going. I would like to see Leon versus Gilbert. And then if Gilbert wins, I would love to see Hamzat versus Gilbert too for the belt. Then Dude, I had even Hamza think, wins. I don't even fight. think it's all that crazy to think that if Hamzat moves up in weight, say he can't figure out his weight situation, and say Leon wins again, they can't figure out what's going on. I wouldn't think it's that crazy to say Bilal might be the next, he oh, might get fucking, the next title fight. Oh. I, I wish Jeff was here to fucking combat that, but dude, like you're looking at it. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I just fucking don't. If like Gilbert that. loses, you got Bilal, Usman, Colby, who I don't want to see get a title fight whatsoever. I mean, Wonder Boy, like everyone loves Wonder Boy, but do you really want to be champ? I really don't. No. I don't think it does a whole lot for the division. I, I mean, it's Bilal or Gilbert until Hamzat's weight's figured out. Or Shavkat. Yeah. Shavkat's a legit contender. I know he's 10 right now, but he's winning. This fight against Jeff Neal is big. If he get, if he beats Jeff Neal and he beats him handedly, I would could you imagine like a Shavkat Colby like wrestling? Just that'd be fun. I don't know. There's a lot you can do with Shavkat. I, I think he ends up as champ eventually. Agree a million percent. I just don't think it'll be the next fight after this one. No, no. I think he it'll needs... be more in like 2024 beginning. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he needs Two more fights before the title. So this including the Jeff Neal fight, and then he needs to win another fight, and then I think he gets a title shot. Dude, and then if fucking Usman leaves and Hamzat goes up, dude, we're looking at a long title run for Shavkat. I don't know who's know. beating him anytime soon. I know. So it's going to be really interesting. I really like Shavkat. I, I think he's fascinating. He's from Uzbekistan. Um, he's a Kazakh from Uzbekistan. It's just, it's very interesting to me. I, I love learning about that shit. So, um, yeah, I kind of went into a weird Shavkat, just deep dive last night. Um, and, yeah, the way that he's just picking people apart and the way that he sets up these submissions five moves before he does the submission, right? So he takes your back, and then he slowly just, like, peels peels you apart, slithers in, and then just kind of fucking gets you down. It, it, I, I'm fascinated with him. Dude, another thing I love about Shavkat too is like we don't we didn't see that from Hamzat till recently. He is like what seems to be it might even get lost in translation, maybe he doesn't, but he, he seems to have like a great personality. Yes, yes, that's what I like about him a lot. Yeah, like he's always like smiling and he's like seems humble. Like he doesn't seem to like think he's the shit. No. And Which, I also love his spinning back kicks as another <laughs> just another yeah, part of it. He's game. a fucking marvel to watch. Yeah. So I mean, he's only it, at 10 because of his age and he hasn't had that many fights. That's it. Otherwise he'd be three. Exactly. So I'm really excited to watch him, but yeah, this Jeff Neal fight is huge. So we can't get, a, get ahead of ourselves here. Cause Jeff yeah. Neal is a real motherfucker. I love Jeff Neal as well. Um, yes, he is. So let, we had another title. 
yeah, we had another title reign end this past year. I mean, an absolutely dominant reign. Another one that we didn't think was going to end for a long time. We had Alex Pajeda fucking follow Izzy from the from the fucking <laughs> grave, from the kickboxing world, come in and finish Adesanya in once again unfathomable fashion. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't fucking live up to Leon's hype. Like it didn't match up with that fight for me. But holy shit, it was a pretty yeah. damn close second. So the only thing I had to say about this one is if Izzy loses again, just like we were just saying about Usman, where does he get left? Is he fighting for his life? Is he – what are you thinking? So, I mean, because if it's if he loses and Pereira stays in this division, which I don't think he does, I think it's pretty set up for this Jamal Hill-Pereira fight. Um, I don't think it's the next fight that's made. I think Yuri comes back this summer. You get Jamal Hill versus Yuri. I, if Jamal wins that. Then I think it's perfectly set up for Pereira versus Jamal. You kind of uh, get revenge on Jamal Hill for the for beating Glover. So I think it's set up for that. Um, and then also, if Yuri doesn't come back in time, Jamal says he's not waiting past summer. So either way, if Pereira beats Izzy, I think it's heading towards this Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira fight, which would mean him going up, and then you know Izzy slowly working his way back into things. I mean, I can't imagine if Pereira does stay though in this division, you're not going to see Izzy in a title fight for a while. Cause that's going to be what the fourth, fifth time they fought. Like we're not going past. I think fifth eight. total yeah. would be by that point. Yeah. And, uh, so we're not going past five. I think if four. he loses, I wouldn't be too shocked if he takes just a break, like disappears from the scene yeah. for a while. I mean, he only f- fights like Goes once a year as it is. Yeah, or even just, I don't know, just live his life. Like, I don't think yeah. that would shock me that all that much coming from no. him. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's earned that very much. Even though I don't yeah. really care for him that much, he's definitely earned that. So my next part of this was, if Pajeda beats Jamal Hill, is this, without a doubt, one of the greatest UFC runs we've ever seen? Yeah, he's going to be the one of the quickest to champs and then one of the quickest to champ champ. I mean, yeah, not, not really anything you can say against it. And, and it's crazy to think, too. Like, I think with Volk, we're thinking, all right, he can maybe beat Islam. But even if he beats Islam, he's going to have a hard time defending. I think with Pajeda, if he beats Jamal Hill, I think he'll be in good position to defend, too. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I don't know how he'd – I think Yuri wins against him. So, if it that's why I think if it's Yuri that wins, I don't know if he goes up because Yuri's grappling is just so much better than, than um Pereira's. And – that's that's Pereira's biggest weak spot, and I think like Yuri's gonna be able to take advantage of that. I Jamal Hill um, against Glover was showing me things on the ground that I did not know he was capable of, so maybe he can also beat Pereira in that way. Uh, but to me, I think Pereira feels more com- comfortable fighting Jamal Hill than Yuri, and I would agree if I'm him because Jamal kind of fits what he's looking to do a little bit better. I think Jamal will stand and bang with him. Yeah, I agree a million percent. I think Pajeda only fight Jamal, avoid Magabat on Kalaya for a year, yeah. if I'm him. Yeah. So the next piece of this middleweight puzzle is we got a scheduled fight for Marvin Vittori and Roman Delize. If Roman Delize wins, does this earn him what, in my head, I think is pretty much an automatic shot? I mean, he should get Whitaker, I think. Yeah, I think it does. I, I do think it does because, I mean, if you're looking at just the rankings, I mean, it seems like Vittori's not obviously not good enough to beat Whitaker. We've seen that before. And then 
maybe you see like Cannoneer get something going, but I don't know. It also depends on what happens with Derek Brunson because we're not really sure how he looks right now. I know he has a fight coming up, so if he is able to get that win, then um, you know it makes more sense. But I I don't know. What do you think about Delidze? Um, I dude, I think I think a shot at Whitaker or maybe even a shot off Izzy on a loss is pretty fair, dude, because. Like you were just saying about the rankings, everyone we've seen who in front of him, who's Brunson, Costa, Strickland, Whitaker, Cannoneer, and Vittori, dude, they've all put on, and I hate to talk down on fighters, but pretty shit performances against either yeah. Izzy and then Strickland against Payeta. Like, they didn't really, I don't know if anyone wants to see any of those fights ran back. I mean, if we're going to streamline any guy in any division, I think the leads a two. A number one contender fight with Whitaker is a pretty good one to do. It shakes shit up. A lot of the middleweight guys in the rankings, too, aren't really good ticket sellers either. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for him. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I don't want to watch. We'll call them like they weren't pay-per-view level fights. By any oh, way. hell no. I, 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 I felt bad that I paid for those, you know? <laughs> Actually, my least favorite fight I remember the last like two years was Izzy and Kate in the year. That was just that was really bad fucking dog shit yeah. so i i would like to see and plus i think the lead they bring something a lot different than any of the guys in the top like six bring to either yeah. izzy whitaker or Pajeda. so i'd like to see him get streamlined up to the ladder me too so the last piece of this puzzle we got is obviously the big one they got leaked by who knows who i don't know why the fuck they leaked it either we got john jones taking on Ciro gone my big thing with this is if john wins who seems to be his next opponent Okay, I think if John wins, it goes to Johns versus Stipe next. But there's like 3% of me that thinks if he wins, he goes down to light heavyweight again and takes on this winner of uh, Jamal Hill and uh, Yuri. And then could you imagine a John Jones versus Yuri Prohaska fight? Holy fucking the two shit. Samurai, samurais, dude. Dude, I wonder if he can cut that much weight still. I don't think he can. So what I think is more likely going to happen in that tweet he let out that he's looking for, he wanted Ang- Francis Ngannou, uh, Stipe, and Cyril. So if he follows through on his word, which John Jones, so you never know, uh, next fight, if he wins, is it would be Stipe. So, um, and then Stipe also tweeted out that he's got next. So my 99.9% of me is saying it's going to be Stipe. There is this, this one part of me that well it's just like the fucking nerd in me wants to see yuri versus john jones i think that's like a super fight yeah the fucking uh ufc dork in me really wants to see i would love to see jones beat gone then beat pavlovich yeah maybe even fit stipe in there i would love to see him end and i know this is there's no shot this is going to happen but say like say he fights once a year for the next three years and then he retires again if he fights once a year in the next three years, and Jelton Almeida almost comes into like the Hamzat role, oh. the heavyweight, like everyone's like, this is the most unbeatable, like how Hamzat is. Yeah, right? yeah. He's the most unbeatable guy out there. It's not a champ. And if he finishes Jelton Almeida in like MSG, and fucking finished him and retired, that would, I mean, yeah. undoubtedly the GOAT. So would you want to see that more than him versus Yuri? I don't know. I, I didn't even think of that as an option. And I actually kind of like that a little better. I just like the storyline that would be with John beating someone who seems unbeatable. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Because Cormier well, seemed unbeatable too. Well, 
the Yuri one, he also Yuri seems pretty unbeatable too. Yeah, he does. Well, we got to see how he comes back from injury. I think he's still yeah. going to look the same, but me too. It'll um, be a guessing game. Yeah, and then if Gon wins, depending on the fight quality, I think it would be Gon versus Jones again, maybe. Depending, like if it's an all time fucking classic, I think you get John Jones versus Cyril Gon again. But it would have to be an all timer fight. More, most realistically, though, I think it's Gon versus Stipe. Um, and that's for all the same reasons that we talked about before. I could also see if I'm breaking it up percentage wise, I think I'm like 70% Gon versus Stipe if Gon wins, 27%. Gone versus Pavlovich, and then three percent gone versus Jones two running it back. That's kind of my breakdown. Yeah, I actually agree with those completely. I think Stipe just because the name value. The best fight of all of them would be Pavlovich. I think. Yeah. Because if Cyril rolls John, which he could, I don't think anyone wants to see a take two of that. It's just kind of going to be. I don't not. It's not going to live up to the hype if he be if he just watches him first go. Who the hell is going to want to see it again? I think Pavlovich. And I think maybe by next year, if Seal's still champ, he could end up fighting Aspinall eventually. But yeah, that's looking way into the future. Who knows? So yeah. uh, let, let's have you roll into the card, Max. Yeah. So coming up, we have um, a UFC fight night on Saturday. We talked about it. Um, it's supposed to be in Seoul. So there's a bunch of Korean fighters on here. A bunch of um, guys I haven't fought in a while. Uh, a, a couple of guys that I really, really like on this card. That I'm big fans of. I actually think this is going to be a really undervalued card and underrated card, and it's going to end up being pretty good. I could also see it being really bad, but I do think, um, just having dove into it, I do think there are some really solid fights on this card, and I think that, one, there's a lot of solid fighters, and two, I think that um, we're going to see some fireworks that you're not expecting. I fucking hate that it's in the apex. I think that when you have a card with a lot of guys that aren't household names... Dude, at 1 a.m. Yeah, it's Ugh. just gonna be it's gonna be tough, but I don't know. I'm excited for it nonetheless. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So the first fight I want to talk about is our boy Tatsuro Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. I've mentioned this countless times how much I love Tatsuro Tyra. He's one of my favorite fighters. He's so fucking fun. We love um his broken English after he wins, you know. He always gives this speech that's very impassioned. Um and I just love him. He's currently 12 and 0. So he's obviously on a 12 fight win streak. Aguilar is 8 and 1. He's on an eight fight win streak. Um, so Tyra can get you either on the feet or the ground. He has six submissions, three TKOs, and 12 fights. So he's got a 75% finish rate in his fights. He throws every, these like ridiculously long and accurate strikes that fucking pop. He's got a lot of power. Um, he also uses his clinch very well to break these other fighters' rhythms, um, sort of like a boxer. You know how they clinch up just to break rhythm. Um, and then, but what where he is really, really solid is he constantly shoots for takedowns, not in the traditional sense at your hips. He goes for your ankles to get you like in trips, yeah. kind of. But he he does it with his hands. He's constantly shooting for your for your ankles to take you down. And then once on the ground, he just transitions so seamlessly. And he has such a variety to his submission repertoire that, I don't know, I, I think he's really something special. Aguilar, on the other hand, he is very, very dangerous. His best weapon is his guillotine. He's got, I think he's won the last four straight fights with a guillotine. Um, looking back on his fights, uh, just to put it in perspective, Aguilar's 8-1. and one. He's on the eight-fight win streak, so he lost his first fight, and he's won everything since. Um, I was re-watching his Dana White Contender Series, 
fight and he made so many mistakes like the the commentary booth was like oh he just made a mistake there and got fucked over in position <laughs> i have to rewatch that one yeah you should it's on the espn plus basically they like he keeps making these he like threw over with his wrong wrong he threw over tyra on his wrong side so then it ended up being him on the bottom he basically or not tyra um um whoever he fought i forget his name and oh wait he fought hold on i actually do have his name here i think uh Pereira. he he fought another Pereira. um no ferrera ferrera sorry anyways um yeah he basically just like put himself in these really tough positions cuz he kept making these positional mistakes with his grappling and clinch game and i think if you do that he almost got finished a couple times as well he literally like almost got choked out a bunch of times it was actually a really impressive come from behind win for um aguilar but to me tyra is the guy and i think aguilar is going to make a lot of mistakes or if he continues to make the mistakes that he's making tyra you can't do that against tyra and i think tyra's going to take advantage and get the win here so yeah i'm taking tatsura tyra and this is the one prelim fight we're talking about, so it's going to be my prelim pick of the night. Uh, what are you picking in this fight, Mike? Yeah, this is one I'm not going to – I'm not betting, but I'm not going to overlook. I mean, I think he's closing in at over minus 1,000 favorite, and I think it's for good reason. Yeah, I couldn't agree with everything more that you said. Yeah, and I think I, – I hate saying this because every fighter is a fucking awesome – you know, like just the fact that they're in there is really impressive, but – I think Tyra, they know that they have a potential, like, honestly, relatively international star with Tyra here. If he gets something big, you bring in a Japanese audience that they've sort of had trouble fully getting committed to the UFC just because there's so many other promotions in Japan with MMA. If you are able, what I think they're doing is Tyra's really young, and I think they're sort of building him up. And I think this he's they're gonna give him guys that they know he has a really solid chance against. So yeah, he nothing could almost against be Aguilar. like the fucking Habib. Yes. So nothing like against, Japan. Yeah, nothing against Aguilar, but I just think that um they're giving Tyra an opponent that he is able to beat in order to help raise his stock and continue raising him. Um Yeah, you can say it. He's a special. stepping stone. I don't okay. think that's like out of out of pocket or crazy to say. I mean, he, yeah. he's at least being placed like a stepping stone, whether people want to believe it or not. Yes. So the next fight, Adam Fugit versus Yusaka Kinoshita. So Fugit was actually supposed to come on the pod a week and a half ago, but we were all busy and could not make a time work. So shout out to Adam. Uh, hopefully we're going to get him on the pod after this fight, depending on what happens. Hopefully, I mean, I would like to get him on win or loss, but some of these guys don't like to go on social media after the t- after they lose, which is really understandable. Because dude, and let's be fair too, we just diagnose fights. I would love to have him on regardless. I don't really yeah. give a fuck if he wins or loses. We just like Me to neither. talk to them and have them on, enjoy their company. I don't really give a fuck if they win or lose. Me neither. I just I, it, the only reason I brought up losing is because, like I said, a lot of fucking asshole fans like give them a bunch of shit on instagram and twitter and then they just don't go on their socials after they lose because they don't want to right see and i was saying that too because i'm sure there's some people listening like i didn't pick him to win this fight but i'm sure some people listening like you picked him to fucking lose and then you want him to come on with the fuck like yeah dude i don't give a fuck i'm just diagnosing what i think is going to happen i still want him on yeah. every every guest we've had has been great so i they really have been and anyways he was super nice we fucked up the times he was actually trying to come on a bunch he uh mike i forgot to tell you guys this he actually texted us and asked us if we were free but it was during a time we were all not on our phone and missed the text so um nonetheless yeah hopefully we get him on he adam is eight and three he's coming off of a tko loss to michael morales who is a fucking animal um 
Michael Morales is like 24 or 23 and he's got 14 he's 14 and 0. So absolute animal. Uh Yusako Yusako Kinoshita is 6 and 1. He's on a two fight win streak. He's making his UFC debut. Uh Kinoshita previously fought on the Dana White contender series. He got a TKO win over Jose Henrique Souza. So let's I just want to get into um who Kinoshita has fought before I give like my analysis on his fighting as a whole. So Jose Henrique Souza is 20 years old. He's the same age as me. Um, not he he's eight and one right now, so he's not like anything crazy. Uh, Henrique Souza was, um, but I don't know. I he, the 20 year old that he fought was very very raw, and Kinoshita took a lot of risks in that fight and was open for um, some tough counter counter strikes. He also has faced so to put it into perspective, Kinoshita has had seven fights in total. Um, he has also faced three guys with losing professional records. Those records were 16 and 20, 22 and 27, and two and three. So he's faced some guys that aren't the greatest fighters. Granted, Fugit has also faced um, three guys with losing records, but those records were 0 and 1, 9 and 10, and 2 and 4. So these guys that are, you know, they're also having losing records, but not as egregious as the records that uh, Kinoshita's fighting. Yeah. Um, yep. Kinoshita is probably most well known for um, KOing someone by stomping on their face, but then getting disqualified from that fight. And it counted as his one loss because he grabbed the fence while he was stomping on the guy's face. He grabbed the top of the fence. I saw um, that shit. He knocked that guy out cold. He Dude, American history X style. Yes, exactly. Um, it was pretty fucking rough to watch, honestly. But um, anyways, yeah. So uh, Kinoshita... He's a very flamboyant fighter in person. He's obviously most famous for that KO where he knocked the guy out um, stomping on his face. He is a very dynamic and flashy striker, but he takes a lot of risks and he's going to be easy to counter. Or like if he's not smarter in his striking, he's going to leave himself open for a bunch of really dangerous counter strikes. Um, I mean, records alone, though, if you get face Michael Morales, who obviously is 14-0, is an absolute demon. He's wrestling Nick Mack. Animal, fucking yeah. animal exactly he's wrestled um nick maximov who i don't even know if he's in the ufc anymore but at the time nick maximov was supposed to be the fucking next big thing before petrosky kind of fucking put an end to that shout out petrosky and then he did face some really solid regional fighters stylistically fugit's pretty different he's in constant motion he's always moving his head and shoulders kind of like a little dance almost but like he's doing it just to fucking make himself hard to strike against he throws a lot of kicks, and he's just a really smart and poised fighter. I think, um, I mean, watch. I rewatched his fight against Morales, and Fugit hurt him in round one and put him in some really bad positions. And he also hurt him a little bit in round two. Obviously, um, Fugit get, got caught and got TKO'd, but I'm taking Fugit here. I think he is the smarter and more experienced fighter, and I think he's going to be able to counter strike against Kinoshita, which is going to lead him to the win. Um, do you? I so you said you're riding with Kinoshita. Let's hear why. So it's it's not really a confident ride either. I had this basically as a pick em. I'm not sure exactly what the odds were yeah. that they're going to come in as, but I had it as pretty much a pick em. And I was just thinking if it stays on the feet, Kinoshita might have the edge. He's got a little more pack in his punch. Yeah. But if it hits the mat, it's as good as over. Fugit's yeah. a formidable wrestler. Like you said, he, he wrestled with say what you want about Nick Maximoff not being in the UFC anymore. He was still at one point supposed to be the bee's knees of wrestling. And he probably was. Yeah. To be so, fair to him. So I had it as a pick'em. 
just leaning more towards Kinoshita because I think it might stay on the feet. But if it doesn't, I'm, it's going to be one of those live bets. Watch and find out. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this was one I wasn't. Uh, there's a couple on here that I'm not like super strongly, um, you know, feeling strong towards. But this one is one that I uh, I just le- was leaning towards. If you get next fight, uh, Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. I love both these fighters. I love Choi a ton. Um, Choi's 14 4. He's on a three fight loss streak. He has not fought since December 21st, 2019. Um, the reason for that is he had to get surgery for a broken arm. We'll get into that later. And then he went and did two years of mandatory military service in Korea. Um, Kyle Nelson, 13 and 5 on a two fight loss streak. He's coming off that horrific fight against Jai Herbert. That was fucking awful to watch. Um, I really, really like Kyle Nelson as a f- fighter. He's an absolute brawler. He really likes to keep it close. He has these solid kicks that he throws from a lot of positions. Um, from watching his tape, Kyle Nelson will often throw a combination to back you up a little bit. And then you'll start clinching against the cage and do some like dirty boxing, dirty clinch moves, stuff like that, just to kind of like PC up a little bit. Um, but I also really like Choi as a fighter. He looks like he's 15 years old, but he's a fucking killer. Um, he's just so deadly accurate with his punches, and he eats these strikes without moving his head or even flinching in order to find like the perfect counter strike. Um, and he's just so deadly accurate with with his punches, especially. Um, I know Choi is on a three-fight loss streak, but his last fight against Charles Jordan, Choi knocked him down, and it looked like he had a real possibility to win it. And if you're looking at it, he blocked a kick with his arm and broke his forearm and then got TKO'd. So, I mean, like, he was fully in position to win that fight before, um, you know, taking the punishment that he did. And then before that, he has this fight with uh, Jeremy Steffens and Cub Swanson. Both of those were fucking all-out wars. For So his last three fights have been pretty impressive, although they've been three losses. Um, to me, I think that all the opponents that Choi has recently lost to are better fighters than Kyle Nelson himself. And um, I just think Choi is going to be hungry to get back. I think you're going to see, you know, just a really good version of him. And I'm going to take Choi here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I copped out on this one. This was my nightclub fight in the night, dude. I couldn't make a fucking decision. I just couldn't lean one way or the other. There was no yeah. fucking... Like you were like you were just saying about Duhu Choi's app. Like about Duhu Choi's absence. Like, it's an absence, but it's a fucking military absence. It's yeah. not like a normal absence where he's probably out partying or yeah. doing whatever. Like, I'm sure he's still in fantastic shape. Kyle Nelson, I mean, he's been a little more active, but he hasn't had the best performances as of late either. Yeah. So I can see this being a stand and bang. I think someone's going to hit the mat and it's going to be over. I copped out, but this is my night cool fight of the night. All right, fair enough. Next one, number 10 ranked Marcin Tybura takes on number 15 ranked uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, Marcin Tybura is 23 and 7, coming off of a unanimous decision win over Alexander Romanov. Ivanov is 19 and 4. He's coming off of a unanimous decision win over Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Um, Tybora, extremely good grappling, great hands as well. From what I've seen, I went back and watched a ton of Tybora's fights. I think almost all of them in the UFC. And I see that he usually gets beat up in the first round, but then comes out round two looking really solid. Happened in his Greg Hardy fight in round one. He gets battered, almost gets finished, then comes back, get takes to the ground and gets the win uh via TKO. In his Walt Harris fight, he also almost gets knocked out early round one and then yet takes the ground the game to the ground again and gets the win. Um, against Romanov, he got heavily controlled round one and then round two um, came out looking very fresh. 
And I would argue up until the last five seconds of that round was winning round two. Round three, uh, Tybura came out looking extremely fresh, got that decision win against uh, Romanov. My point is, Tybura has really great stand-up and has really great grappling to go along with an elite gas tank for his size. Um, Ivanov, on the other hand, he's fucking nuts. Uh, Before he was in the UFC, there's this crazy story. Basically, while he was still in the regional MMA scene, he's in his hometown of Bulgaria, and he's at a nightclub, and he gets into an altercation with like nine guys, and he gets stabbed in the chest, and then he gets put into a coma for almost two months and told that he'll never fight again, but then he obviously comes in and is now fighting again. Um, If you notice, he has a giant fucking hole in his chest, so be on the lookout for that. Um, Ivanov fights using combat Sambo. He's very measured, decision-based fighter. He does not really get finishes. Um, he just kind of rides it out to decision. He doesn't get finished, and he—I mean, if he—he he does get finished, but not as much as the regular heavyweights do. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a chess match, but I do see it going to a decision. I think Marcin Tibora gets the win here. He's just like a more dynamic fighter. Uh, I really do like. Well, I'm not a, like a massive fan of Iv- Ivanov. His fights aren't usually super interesting. Um, I'm going to pick my boy Tiberia here. Obviously, I don't pick against Polish fighters, but I also think Tiberia can win. Yeah, if you're not leaning Tiberia, you're fucking nuts. I mean, this is this is one I would never bet on in a million years because it could just end up being a, a you know a sloppy fucking heavyweight standing bang. Because yeah. let's just be real, I don't think either of these guys are in their prime right now. Like that's thirty-seven just- and thirty-six. So I mean, no. Yeah, and they. I mean, Tiberia. Has looked decent as of late, but nothing too crazy. I I wouldn't really lean one way or the other. I would lean a little bit Tybora. I wouldn't bet on this. I'm anticipating trading blows, gassing out, backs against the fence. It'll be a good fight to have on the main card, I think, because it'll be something to watch and it'll be entertaining. But doesn't really move the needle for either of them rankings-wise. I think it's just a placeholder, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, Next fight, Daun Jung versus Devin Clark. Jung is 15-3 and 1 is coming off of a KO loss to D- Dustin Jacoby. Devin Clark is 13 and 7 is coming off of a TKO loss to Mirzakhanov. I also really like Daun Jung. He's one of my favorite fighters as well. Um tremendous boxer, ton of power. He's a knockout guy. He sort of just stands and pokes and prods looking for like an opening to get a KO. He's been quoted as saying it is knockout or get knocked out, so that kind of shows you where his head's at. Um Jung does this thing where he kind of pokes you with this jab and holds onto your hands to open you up like manually. And then he's just looking for this huge overhand right that he has to put you out. He also does the opening you up with the kicks. He uses a lot of kicks. Um, sometimes he, he kind of, his uh, game plans are usually kind of different depending on who he's fighting, obviously. But I mean, I, in the beginning of his career, he used a lot of wrestling, got some submissions. Um, but towards recently, he's been using, you know, kicks and jabs to kind of open you up and, Look for that overhand right or the elbow that he used to knock out Kennedy and Cheg and Cheswu. Um, yeah, he just likes being beating you up and making you fucking bleed. He somehow has a draw with um a split decision draw with Sam Alvey. I don't know how that happened. I watched that fight and uh it, there actually is Sam Alvey. That's probably the best Sam Alvey's ever looked. I'll put it that way. Um, the next thing about Devin Clark, essentially, he's just a really solid well-rounded fighter he's extremely tough never never quit attitude uh he can definitely wrestle or stand and bang um he's extremely athletic he throws some very strange kicks from a bunch of flexible ass positions it's pretty impressive um clark has some very good kicks that he can throw very very quickly 
His lead left head kick is a killer. Um, and he's also really, he has like really strong offensive wrestling. That being said, I think Dao Jung gets it done here. I think he's able to keep it close on the feet, uh, like very close, like toes touching close, which, you know, eliminates the kicks from Clark. And then I also think he has, I mean, I know he has really good takedown defense, so I think he'll be able to stifle the takedowns from Clark. And with that happening, I mean, I think Jung will be able to outbox Clark to get the win. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, I'm 100% agreeing. I could not pick myself to ride with Devin Clark on this one. I think Devin Clark's like, how would you put it, somewhat of a better athlete, I guess you could say. He's a better yeah. physical specimen. He's like a little more toned. He looks better coming yeah. down the tunnel. But, yeah, Daun Jung, I mean, and you can't really hold someone getting flatlined against Dustin Jacoby as like a real good test of who they are as a person. Dustin Jacoby's a fucking brawler, dude. Yeah, he's like exactly like Brian Barberina. He's just going to fucking lay it on you. He's going to leave you with nowhere to go. And if he catches you, he catches you. I don't think that defines you as a person. I think still, no matter what, Dion Jung's a way better fighter than Devin Clark. And I mean, I think your analysis was perfect. Everything you said about him, he's far better striker. I don't think Clark's going to have any success getting him down. That's his bread and butter. I mean, I just see it staying on the feet and Dion Jung maybe finishing him, but more likely decision win. Yeah, completely agree. Um, next, the final fight, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, Derek Lewis obviously is ranked number seven. Uh, Sergey Spivak is ranked number 12. Obviously, this fight was supposed to happen before, but got canceled due to Lewis having a non-COVID-related illness. Um, Lewis, 26-10. and 10, He's on a two-fight, two-KO loss streak. Spivak, 15-3. and three, He's on a two-fight, two-TKO win streak. Um Spivak has really great hands, but I mean, not great. I think great's an overstatement for heavyweight. He's great compared to me, but like in the heavyweight, I'm, I'm, I don't know if he has great hands or even elite hands. I think he has pretty solid hands, um, but he has great judo and trips. Uh, and I think Spivak will try and take this to the ground, avoid trying to stand and bang with Lewis because that's where it gets dangerous. This fight's really hard to pick. These guys are very opposite. Um, Lewis obviously is looking to knock you out. And he's just a stand and bang guy. He's not going to take it to the ground. Um, Spivak is going to be looking to take it to the ground and cannot stand and bang with Derek Lewis. Um, that being said, I saw a picture of Derek Lewis. He looks very fucking lean. He took a bunch of time off after his lo last loss to kind of regroup, get himself going. I think he knows his back's against the wall here. And I'm afraid of this pick, but I'm picking Derek Lewis to win. Uh, and if he wins, it's going to be via KO. Um, so I'm taking Derek Lewis here. Dude, I went back and forth so many fucking times. It's so hard. Cause my well, one of my big things was too, and it sounds fucking stupid because it's not like a real metric. Is Derek shines when he's an underdog. Yeah, and he's not in oh. Dallas. Yeah, and it's like it's weird. I've never seen a fighter. I don't think like with as big a name as him as him shine as an underdog so much. But I couldn't ride with him. I tried. Yeah. I tried to find ways to do it. Dude, Sergey Spivak is a fucking animal. I know he didn't look it against Aspinall, but Aspinall's top tier. Besides that, dude, holy fucking shit. I just think he's a stylistic nightmare for Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis did look a little slimmer, but that doesn't make him a wrestler overnight either. No. And Spivak is – he's something to behold wrestling, dude. I'm just – like, in my head, I just foresee Lewis throwing a shit ton of volume the first – two, three minutes trying to end it quick, 
Spivak throwing a hip toss, getting him on the ground, TKO on the ground is exactly what I'm yeah. seeing. That's what I'm afraid of happening. That's what I'm afraid of happening. But um, the thing that kind of put me over is that Derek Lewis is pretty good at kind of avoiding those takedowns sometimes. And he kind of always seems to get back to his feet. But yeah, more, I would say it's like 65% what's going to happen. What you said is what's going to happen, I think. I agree, though. He he has shown flashes of that throughout his career. But I just think as of late, he's just shown that he really succumbs to people's styles. Like, yeah. Whatever people want to put on him, they've been able to do pretty easily. I don't think it's going to change yeah. this Saturday. I just – I don't see what in my – like nothing in my head makes me think it's going to change this coming Saturday. And yeah. Spivak, once he gets you on the ground, I mean, dude, that Jared Vandera, another fucking uppercut along who we loved having yeah. on. But he poured, poured it on Vandera on the ground. I mean, he poured it on Tuivasa on the ground. Poured it on the fucking – I think he – I think he triangled him unconscious just about. When he yeah. gets you on the ground, it's over. I mean, this would be another one, like Jeff likes to say, like a live one. Like, if it makes it past three minutes, I would hammer Spivak. But be on the edge of your seat for the first three minutes, and then after that, good luck, Derek. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's going to be a good card. I'm really excited for it. If you have the ability to stay up, I definitely recommend you stay up. Join our verdict. The link is below if you want free cash. We did get some person that joined. Did you see that, Mike? No, I didn't see. I haven't made my picks yet. I didn't see it. All right, someone did join. So, uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell them why they should join the verdict, dude? Because if we get ten to twenty motherfucking people degenerates, I know all you motherfuckers are wasting money in Fanduel and shit. This is free. Yeah. Just make a pick. Even if we put up, I don't know, twenty five, thirty bucks a card, it's free money. And then if you guys want to put some in too, we can make it fifty card or whatever. Free money for free picks. All you do is pick a fighter. You pick the way you think you're going to win. You pick the round, and that's it. Easy enough. Free. And you only get what? It's only the main card? Do they put yeah. in any prelims? No, no prelims. So just the main card. So usually five fights, maybe. So those are usually fighters you know, so it's a little bit easier to pick, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, we have no advantage of that. I mean, my picks are fucking dog shit. So <laughs> I would say anyone off the street has an advantage over me. Me too. So, Join up for free. I mean, win some free cash. Why not? All right. We got Jeff back on. He was able to get his power going. Um, so, unfortunately, he did miss out on the uh, UFC questions about the future upcoming fights. But that's okay. We got him on for him to give out his Hammy Sosa lock of the night and then give out his picks for the fights that we all picked. So, you don't have to give a bunch of analysis if you don't want to. We'll just ask first fight, Tatsuro Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. Who do you have in that one? Uh yeah, I'm not as big as on him as you are, Max. But yeah, give me Tatsuo Tara, and he might prove he might he might get me to hop on a train this week. I don't know. Let's, Let's see. Go. But give me Tatsuo Tara, and if he can pick him apart from the distance, like I I feel like if he can use his range and show that he could use his range effectively, that would be huge for him here. Yeah, because that's like a big thing with fighters who have really long, long arms and shit. Because, I mean, a lot of them have reach advantages, but a lot of them don't know how to use it correctly a lot of the time. Very good point. And also, we talked about, um, like Mike and I talked about, if you go back and watch Jesus Aguilar's Dana White contender series, um, fight, they constantly stand in commentaries making these like wrong positional mistakes, yeah. getting him in trouble on the ground. I think if that happens. Tyra can take advantage on the ground. Uh, next fight where I talked about Adam Fugit versus Yusako 
Kinoshita. We talked about how um, Fugit was supposed to come on the podcast, hopefully next week. Uh, are you picking Fugit or Kinoshita? And what do you think about this fight? Yeah, I got to pick our guy Fugit. I mean, I just think he has a little bit more more experience than Kishinita. And yeah, I, I'm rocking with Fugit. I think he has a little bit more well-balanced fight game, too. That's exactly what we said. So, yeah, good pick on that one. Uh, next fight, do Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. Uh, I explained to the crowd that we're already – I'm a big fan of both of these fighters, more Choi than Nelson, but I love both of these guys. Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, give me give me Kyle Nelson. Okay. I feel like Choi, he just hasn't fought enough for me. For I don't know. He just I can't be comfortable with someone who – fight so inconsistently i feel like he was in military service and yeah i i know but still it's been a while yeah and even been... that he had that injury before the military service yeah it, it's been a long time I, I i don't know if i could take him coming back that's fair all right um next fight number 10 ranked marcin tibora versus number 15 ranked uh blagoy ivanov who are you taking in this one yeah, I'm I'm not getting beat by Tybora again. Give me Tybora, and this is gonna be my hammy sense of lock in the night. Let's go. I mean, after seeing him beat Romanov and kind of just out out dog Romanov last fight, because that first round he he got he got beat. I'll give him that. Yeah, but it got later, and he just fucking showed that he wanted it more. Give me Tybora. I mean, I feel like Ivanov, I, I mean, he's younger than Tybora, but he's coming off of some bad losses. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, next fight, we got Da Eun Jung versus Devin Clark. Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, give me, mm, give me Devin Clark. Okay. I just, I think he has a little bit more more wide variety of ways to get it done and Donald Jung's coming off of some really bad losses himself. Yeah, give give me Devin Clark. All right. Next fight, the main event, your boy Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. I think I know who you're picking, but let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, we know who I'm picking. I mean, this is fucking classic case. I don't want to say it's fucking R. Kelly, but <laughs> yeah, oh boy, oh boy, fucking my mind is telling me no, <laughs> my body, dude. <laughs> oh boy, that's an awful R. Kelly line, <laughs> dude. I want fucking, I need Derek Lewis, dude. I mean, he's fucking, he's looking skinnier than ever. I'll hope he can kind of fucking avoid the takedown and mauling by Spivak and just keep it on his feet and fucking. Stand and bang and do what Derek Lewis does best and knock a motherfucker out. But God, I'm scared. <laughs> Me too. But I, I picked Derek Lewis as well. I'm glad we actually got you on because you picked a little bit different than Mikey and I did. Um, so that gives it a little bit of a difference here. Let's go through the picks. Um, Mikey's fight of the night, or sorry, Mikey's Nyquil fight of the night is Du Ho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. And then Mikey's picks were as follows: He picked Tatsu Tyra. Kinoshita, Marcin Taibora, Da Jung, Sergei Spivak. Hemi Sosa's lock of the night, Marcin Taibora. Jeff picked Tatsu Tyra, Adam Fugit, Kyle Nelson, Marcin Taibora, Devin Clark, and Derek Lewis. 
Um, my prelim pick of the night was Tatsuro Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. And then I picked Tatsuro Tyra, Adam Fugit, uh, Duho Choi, Marcin Taibora, Daun Jung, and Derek Lewis. So those are our picks. This is the real actual goodbye. Um, thank you all for listening. And everything I said before, we will see you all next week.